This episode is brought to you by Happy Mammoth. Listen, over the last weekend, I went to a family reunion. And unfortunately, that fell on that particular time of the month that all of the women know what I'm talking about. So I had an attitude. I wanted to eat everything. And I was in the South, which means I wanted to eat everything that was terrible for me. And overall, I just wasn't feeling it. I had a great time, just wasn't feeling like myself. Now it's easier to manage PMS with estro control. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality, and it shows. Hormone Harmony contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. Now, here's the beauty about adaptogens. They help the body adapt to any stressors, like chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the show code BLESSED at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code BLESSED for 15% off today. This episode is brought to you by Delta Airlines. One of the most underrated parts of a trip is that flight home. And that's why Delta Airlines tries to make you feel at home long before you even get there. Now, for somebody like me that's a homebody, feeling at home in the air is very valuable to me. And I love to curate that comfortable experience. And what I love about Delta is they have over a thousand hours of in-flight entertainment. They have Wi-Fi so I can do anything else that I want to do on my devices. They have great food and drink, and it just creates a positive end to my trip. They have fast, free Delta Sync Wi-Fi available for SkyMiles members, more than a thousand hours of in-flight entertainment, and they have premium food options and beverages like herbal teas, cold brew, sparkling wine, and more. All of the comforts that you'll find at home, you can find in a flight experience that feels made just for you. You may not be home yet, but Delta Airlines helps you feel a little bit more like it. Delta Airlines believes that you should feel at home, even if you're 30,000 feet above it. Learn more at Delta.com. This episode of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast is brought to you by the Blessed and Bossed Up Society. If you've ever felt alone in your journey and wanted to be around women who get it, women who love God and are about their business, Blessed and Bossed Up Society is for you. This membership community gives you a ton of resources from myself as well as outside experts to help you grow in your faith and your business. To learn more, visit www.blessedandbossedup.com slash community. Again, that's blessedandbossedup.com slash community. Let's start the show. You are listening to Blessed and Bossed Up, presented by Anchored Media an entrepreneurship podcast for Christians all about how to make God the CEO of your business. Get ready to be inspired, challenged, but well-equipped to live and build your destiny his way. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast. 
I am super excited about today's episode. Um, this is going to be a mailbag episode, so I'm going to be answering some questions. The last few weeks we've been kind of going in, and I haven't been able to answer questions, so I wanted to get back caught up with the questions in my inbox through this episode. Um, before we get to that, I just got to tell y'all, I cannot wait. I'm going to do a podcast soon on how God is a restorer. But I literally cannot wait to tell you guys just how everything that I felt like I lost, God has just been restoring. Like, I just, it's just so much that has been happening. I I truly believe that May is a month of miracles, that miracle signs and wonders, that May is just where God is going to do some amazing things. And not just because miracles start with an M, it may start with an M, but I don't know. I just feel in my spirit and it's been confirmed from various people um, that I know who are prophets or who are spiritually mature individuals that May is something special about May. So I just want to tell y'all, y'all better get into it. I mean, my husband and I were blessed in a major way yesterday and it's, it was only the first Sunday in May. So, and and I'm not saying that Sundays is the only days you would get blessed, but I just genuinely, genuinely believe this month is going to be a month where you, God is going to really restore everything that you feel like you've lost and he's really going to show you who he is in a new way so even those little areas you may be doubting or even those those places where you just seem like it's too big those situations in your life that you feel like is is really big believe god is going to really do a new thing in your life and blow your mind so y'all get focused started in the blessed and bossed up society right now we're doing our little little productivity challenge again where we're writing out our to-do list every day and sending them to each other and then at the end of the day we're posting um, what what we were able to do just to make sure that we're completing everything that we set out to complete and just increase everybody's focus because I just believe that God's hand is going to be on everything that you make that you intentionally complete in this season so Y'all better catch on. Y'all better get on y'all face. Y'all better be fasting and praying. Y'all better be getting to work on the things that God has led you to get to work on. This is not the season where you need to be procrastinating because, like I said, God is doing a thing in the month of May. So don't miss out. Before we get into answering questions, I want to remind you guys of the GodIsMyCEOTour.com. Dallas is coming up next month. I am so, so excited about this tour. We're finished really the planning for Dallas. Um, I got some of the bossy posse that's going to be coming through and showing face. Um, We just have an amazing program of things that are going to happen at this event. And I'm going to just tell you right now, something different happens when you get into the presence of God. This is a place that you need to be. We've worked very hard on the planning process, but we've prayed even harder about what God wants to do in that room. And the things that I've seen about uh, with what God wants to do at the GodIsMyCEOTour.com are unreal. So you need to get in the room. We created play, payment plans to make it a little bit more convenient for you guys. So you just go to GodIsMyCEOTour.com and you can sign up for a payment plan if you don't have all the money for the ticket right now in any city. So that way you can just go ahead and reserve your spot um, and then pay for it over time. So take advantage of that, you guys. And then one more quick reminder, we're doing the Find Your Voice Academy open house Tonight at 8 p.m., you have to sign up. I'll put the link in the show notes. You can go to blessedandbossedup.com slash F-Y-V-A. Even if you just go to the homepage, you'll see the big, bright yellow um, logo with the B on it. Just click on that, and it'll take you where you need to go. Um, But 
I'm super excited about this open house because with this company, with this program that's a part of the company, I believe that God is tired of whomever he's given a perspective to and a voice to being procrastinating on putting it out in a form of a podcast, procrastinating on monetizing their voice. And you've been silent for way too long. So with this program, I'm going to work with you one on one and make sure you get help you develop the perspective that he gave you and make sure you get it out and that it reaches the masses. So sign up for that. Uh, If you're interested in starting a podcast, if you have a podcast and you're not really seeing the results you want to see, because we're not just focusing on creating a show, we're focusing on creating a successful show that reaches people and and also makes you money. Um, So yeah, that's it for the church announcements. Let's get into some questions. If you want to submit a question to be answered on the show, you can send me an email, Tatum at TatumTamia.com, or you can slide in my DMs on Instagram at TatumTamia. So this question is a little juicy, so we're going to start with this one. It says, hi Tatum, I recently had a women empowerment event for my birthday on April 21st. The day before 420, I went out with friends and party. I got completely drunk and I ended up waking up at 12 p.m. the day of my birthday and event. My partner... I was doing the event with was she was so angry she started emailing the panelists directly talking smack about me she was talking so bad about me that everyone knew what happened instead of me enjoying the event I just felt as if everyone was looking at me weird I didn't know at first what was going on until I drove one of the panelists to the drop-off area and they mentioned it then a few homegirls mentioned it as well I apologized to her so much because I really understood it I was wrong she had to She had to set up and decorate the whole event. However, I was the one who created the, this entire event. I put in the most money. I sold all the tickets. She only sold two. I did most of the marketing for the event. And I was just so confused on why she thought it was okay to talk about me like that. We were supposed to be a team. I showed her nothing but love before and after this. A few other shaky things went on about the budget. If I didn't mention the investments I put in that she didn't, she would have literally she was literally going to split the split the profit 50-50. Like girl who raised you. The women who were on the panel didn't even follow me. They followed guests that were in the audience, but not even the event organizer. My question is, what would you do in this situation? Would you continue to do business with her? Overall, we locked in a different date for another event. I think we worked good together, but this was my first event and it showed me the amount of people I can bring out on my ideas. Okay, girl, let's break this thing down. So obviously you were dead wrong for going out. I mean, you can do whatever you want in your personal time, but when it starts affecting business to the magnitude of you're showing up at noon, the next day for your own event. I'm not sure what time the event was. I'm assuming it was around this time. So I don't know if you were just late for the, I don't know if you were late for the event, but you definitely weren't there for the setup and things like that. So just some advice I would give you is to take yourself and the things that you do a little bit more seriously, especially if you're selling tickets. If people are paying to come to an event you should do everything that you can do, especially now that you're you're building a brand. This is a part of your reputation. You need to do everything that you do. You should do everything that you can do to build an experience for your guests. And a part of that experience is you making sure that what you put together is executed correctly. You didn't really have time to do that because you didn't even show up until 12 p.m. 
And so your partner was rightfully so angry. She was also dead wrong though for reaching out to guests and things like that. Um, not guests, but telling the sending emails to the panelists and things like that. I'm not sure what the email said. Um, maybe she didn't think you were showing up. I don't know, but she, she definitely shouldn't have said anything negative about you to other people. Um, I definitely think she was wrong in that sense, but in your message, you're saying like, however, I was the one who you said she set up the whole event, but you were saying, however, I was the one who created this. I sold most of the tickets, all of that, that however, (laughs) makes me feel like you aren't seeing the seriousness of where you were wrong no matter who did what if y'all were doing was doing this event together it's not about who did what it's about how the event came together and how it was executed so no matter how many tickets you sold the fact that you didn't take this event seriously enough to come in on time because i'm not even gonna say you shouldn't have went out and party the night before that's your business but the fact that you couldn't do that and still wake up and get to where you needed to be on time to make sure that this was executed correctly was something that you have to really take responsibility for and i'm not saying beat yourself up about it but i'm saying don't write that off as it not being a big deal because if you don't learn from that you're going to do it again and that's just going to have you end up burning bridges so now you're at the point where she's telling these panelists and guests i'm not i don't know who these people are but you probably missed out on the opportunity to have these people at an event that you do again because you said um what did you say you said that the guests the panelists followed the guest but they didn't follow the organizer why would they follow you you know what I mean? If, if I'm putting myself in a panelist's shoes, if I show up at an event, I get this email that the um, other person who's organizing this event didn't show up or whatever the email said. If I get that, all I would think when I get that email is one, why is she telling me this? And two, I don't want no parts of ne- none of this. So I'm about to just come here, do what I'm obligated to do. And y'all will never hear from me again. That was, that would be the way I would handle it. Um, because I just don't like mess. And I'm I'm assuming that if you have these people as panelists, obviously you hold them in some type of high regard and those aren't relationships that you want to burn. But I don't fault them for even for not following you because I wouldn't either. I wouldn't if you would invite me to another event, I would not come back just because. That that bridge will be burned because I don't want to deal with mess. I understand people make mistakes, but I'm the type of person where I'm not going to allow you to invite me to mess twice. So if you show me who you are, I'm going to believe it. Even if it's a mistake, that's cool, but I'm not even going to risk, depending on our relationship. I don't know your relationship with them, but if I didn't really know you like that and this was my first impression I wouldn't come back so I just want you to understand the importance of not burning bridges um, and not really be too upset that they didn't follow you because actions come with consequences so yeah don't beat yourself up but there's always going to be consequences for the things that you do and one of the consequences is they didn't want to follow you they didn't really even want to deal with um, what was going on because of the mess and not even just on your behalf, but the fact that the other girl was sending out emails talking about you, like the whole thing is just mess. So you have to make a decision as you're building brands and you're trying to throw events and things like that. Are you, and this is a women's empowerment event, which is hilarious. Like, are you going to take women's empowerment seriously? 
and and not just be another one of these events that's that claim that's what you're doing but it's drama and mess because that's you don't want to you don't want to build something that puts you in that category you want to build something that's actually meaningful so if i were you i would really just take a second to evaluate like how did i get here how can i because you did sell you said you sold all the tickets and things like that so people are coming out for you so if i was you i would take a step back and be like what can i do to make sure that i'm operating in excellence that i'm putting on amazing events that i'm showing up and i'm respecting myself enough to come to to come to my events on time to make sure that my events are done in a way that represents what I'm doing and what I believe in well. Um, this was y'all first event, so I mean things happen, man. You live and you learn. I'm not gonna beat you up about it, but I do think that it is an opportunity for you to really focus on how to do better next time. So you said a few other shaky things. Um you were saying a few other shaky things went on about the budget. If I didn't mention the investments I put in that she didn't, she would literally just want to split the profit 50-50. So all of this, y'all need to stop doing, just anybody listening, stop doing partnerships, events, etc. without agreements. There always needs to be contracts in place. There should be nothing up for discussion. All of this that you're talking about, um, should have been ironed out beforehand. So for any of you guys that's listening to me, if you're doing partnerships with other people, I don't care if it's your mama, get a contract. The contract will outline what it is that you're doing, how much money you're putting up, who is going to do what, how how the money is going to be split, the ticket money is going to be split, when it, where is it going to be dispersed, how is it going to be dispersed, outline all of this in a contract agreement and have both parties sign it. We have to stop doing business without doing business. You need to have contracts in place that outlines what you're doing. Like even if somebody is doing something for free for you, you need to have a contract. If you're throwing an event together, like I said, you need to have a contract. So if I was you, I don't know how you guys handled this, Um, But if I was you, I would have a contract. If you choose to do business with her again, have a contract in place so that y'all know what is what, who's putting up what, how it's going to be dispersed and all of that. Also, there are ways to contribute other than money. When planning events, there's a lot logistically that's involved. So maybe she didn't sell as many tickets as you, but she set up, she made sure that the event actually went on because you showed up at 12 p.m. So Had it been up to you, the one who sold all the tickets, it wouldn't have been no event. So I don't think you should, you should just disregard what she did because you sold more tickets, especially when her being there saved you in a sense. It seems to me just by reading this email, I'm only assuming it seems to me that she's more the responsible one. And you may be the one who is good with the people who will get the tickets sold to whatever. And that's a good combination. Somebody got to make sure the foundation is laid and things are in order. So um, if I was you, it's really up to you on if you were to work with her again or not. But if you do, you said that you're already locked in a date for another event. So you've already moved forward in some way. I would over everything, I would make sure that I got a contract in place and um, make sure that we both sign it before any tickets are sold, before any marketing is done or whatever, before doing anything. So that's my opinion. 
And then the last thing you said was, I think we work good together. This was my first event and it showed me the amount of people I can bring out for my ideas. So yeah, congratulations on bringing people out. Now it's time to focus on the follow through and doing things in excellence. Okay, next question. The next question says, hey Tatum, I grew up in church and fell off as I got older. When my grandfather was alive, he would always help help guide me and give me advice. Once he passed, I was upset and did not want to go back to God. As time passed, I have let go of my sadness and anger, and now I've been seeking God again. I'm just lost on where to start and how to build the foundation for my relationship with him. So I'm so sorry about the passing um, of your grandfather. I, I definitely, I'm close with my grandmother, so I definitely understand how you may feel um, and, and a lot of times loss and grief is so hard for us to deal with as people of faith. Cause we may be like, God, why did you take my relative or my, um, any, the person close to me, my friend, whatever, God, why did you take them from me? It can be hard to wrap your mind around it. So I definitely understand your emotions. Um, but if I were you just to kind of figuring out how to build that relationship with him, I would first just go into prayer and fasting and um, I have a question about fasting, so I'll talk about that in a second. But I would go into prayer and fasting and just spend that time pouring out to God, like, God, this is how I felt back then when I fell off with you and be honest about how you felt and just really go to your father with humility and honesty and tell him how you felt, how you felt in that moment and what made you turn away from him. Then repent and say, God, forgive me for turning my back on you. And then say, God, I want you to be the head of my life. I want to get to know you better. I want our relationship to be good. What do you need from me? And just be honest, because once you're able to get those feelings out, because obviously you were hurt. So once you get those feelings out, it will allow God to be able to heal you, to heal that pain that you may still have and also give you some perspective and things like that. So yeah, if I was you fast, pray and get before your father so that he can speak to you and show you what you want to do. But more practically on um, building a relationship, also read his word. I always recommend a good study Bible. I use the new Le new living translation, um, version of the life application Bible. I'll put the link in the show notes for you. And that's an excellent Bible. It gives so much context. Um, if I were you, I will also go to the Bible plan app on your phone and find a plan that speaks to what you're going through at the moment. And then whatever scriptures and things that they recommend in that plan, then go to your study Bible and look those things up so that you can do a deeper dive into the subject. So this will allow you to kind of build yourself up, build that trust back up with your relationship um, with God. I, if I were you, I would set aside time consistently for fasting. Um, for those of you who've been listening to this show for a while, you know, I, uh, maybe in 2017, 20 until 2018, so for a whole year, I fasted every Monday. And so I believe that just that time, having that time set aside to go deeper into my relationship with God every week really allowed me to take things to a new level. Um, also find a church home somewhere where there are good people there, good godly people there who really seek him and get involved and, and meet people and things like that so that you can just begin to have your circle be people who believe in God too. I know for me, my husband, we were talking about this the other day because he went to um, a funeral for someone that he grew up with. And he was just saying, 
being around that that crowd or the around everybody that's from around the way who they not into they're not really uh, what's the best way to say it they're not really like people who are seeking god actively or anything like that they kind of just still still doing what they used to do back in the day turning up hanging out whatever not really doing much of anything so he was just saying the difference how dark the environment felt as opposed to other environments where we have friends who are saved and we still like hang out and we're not together like praying all day or anything like super weird or anything when it comes to our friends who know God. We hang out, we go out to eat, we have fun, we go to comedy shows, like whatever. We do a lot of fun stuff, but you can have that conversation where you're talking about life. You may talk about God a little bit. We may give each other advice, but the advice is rooted in godliness, things like that. It's just different. It's a different level of influence. Um, and it's a better environment, I believe, when you're around people who know God. Even I'll take the bossy posse, for example. Um, all of us love God and we're all entrepreneurs. So it's so fun to be around each other because we can talk about business. We could talk about God. My, like my friend Kristen, for example, we went out a couple weeks ago and we were just talking about business, talking about some things we had going on. And she was like, and I, and she was talking about struggling with um, whatever was going on. I was like, well, when is the last time you fasted? And she was like, I know I need to do that. I just be so busy, yada, yada, yada. I was like, man, we going fast. And I texted her and followed up like, Hey, so we, uh, when, well, I didn't even say that I was going to fast at the time. I was just like, nah, you definitely got to fast. And so I texted her a few days later to follow up. Like, when are you going fast this week? And she was like, I was thinking about doing Monday. So I was like, okay, bet I'm going to do it with you. Let me know what you're praying for. Um, and I'm going to fast and, and pray with you, uh, for this, this event. I think it was an event that she was talking about. So I'm going to fast and pray with you, uh, for this event. So just, that's the type of stuff that happens when you have godly relationships. So definitely get around some people who know God, who have like-minded interests, because I just think having friends who know God and are entrepreneurs is just a huge blessing in my life. So that would be my suggestion as far as just going back to the the going back to the beginning and building that relationship with God. Um somebody asked me about fasting and so I just want to repeat that on how I fast. So when I fast, I fast from food from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. I usually don't. Someone asked if I ate breakfast at one point. I don't really eat breakfast because I'm I'm not waking up at 5 to eat. I'm not even hungry when I first wake up, honestly. So um, I wake up usually a little bit before 6, maybe 5.45 or something like that. Um, and then I pray. I set my intentions for my fast. So let's say if I'm fasting for increase financially. So I'll set the intention, like I'll write down what I'm fasting for. I'll write down any questions I may have in my prayer journal, like things I'm, I want to ask God today and stuff like that. And so then um, I may start the day and like worship, playing worship music, singing my little heart out, just thanking God and praising him for who he is. Then I may read my Bible um, about, and I may read, I will read scriptures that's related to whatever it is I'm, I'm fasting for. So if I'm fasting for financial increase then I'll read scriptures about that. And as y'all know, recently I've just been reading from front to back. So I enjoy that now 
just going in, opening up the Bible and just reading it and allowing God to show me what he wants to show me as opposed to me going with all of these expectations. So yeah, I set my intentions for my fast, but I, I don't want it to be so structured to where I'm still drowning out God's voice because of my own desires and expectations and things like that. So um, yeah, I spend the day in prayer. I pray a lot. Um, I sit in silence a lot to just hear from God. I, I love writing down my questions for him because it's like a meeting where I'm like, God, what do you think about this? And I'll get downloads. God, what am I supposed to do about that? And I'll get downloads. Like, God, what do you need from me next? And I'll write those, I'll get downloads and I'll write those things down. So I just spend a lot of time with him. Fasting is all about denying the flesh and feeding the spirit. So whatever you need to feed your spirit is what you need to what you need to be doing during the fasting days. The one thing everybody needs is the word of God and prayer. Fasting and praying go hand in hand. If you fasting without praying, you just starving yourself. If you fasting and still going about your life doing everything that you would do and you know you're not even taking time for God, you're just starving yourself. So a lot of people as it's not about the logistics per se. And I'm sharing with you what I do, but it's not about the logistics. It's about your heart. You have to be, when you fast, you're seeking God, you're seeking him, you're reading his word, you're thirsting and hungering after him and you're feeding your flesh. You're feeding your spirit as opposed to feeding your flesh. So that's what fasting is all about. And the Bible says that some things only come through prayer and fasting. So if there's some things, some giants that you really want to remove out your life, some strongholds you really want to get rid of, and some things you feel like you're hitting the glass ceiling and you're not breaking through, it's time for you to fast. And I don't play these games about fasting from TV and things like that because a lot of people be trying to play and fast from things that really don't take that much away from you. I fast from food because your girl like to eat. <laughs> you know what I mean? I like to eat. Fasting from social media is good for some people because it has that much of a hold on them. But I believe in fasting from food because for everybody, fasting from food is hard because you're going to be hungry all day. <laughs> you know, 6 p.m. is like the best time of the day because you finally get to eat. So I suggest fasting from food, you guys. Um, but yeah, if you have any other questions about fasting, don't hesitate to reach out. Okay, next question. It says, hello, my name. Okay, I'm not going to say your name. I've been following you and your podcast for a while and I needed your advice. You probably won't see this, but I hope you do because I'm in need. So I've been trying to walk with God on a daily, but I end up falling back into my ways. So today I went to Costco and I was five seconds away from a stop sign and I see this car coming from the other side speeding and she didn't even stop at her sign. So she almost hit my car. I honk at her and she pulled beside me and said in a cocky voice, I saw that you were slow. So I decided to go and I got mad and I said, I D G A F what you thought. And she said, I will beat your behind. When y'all send me questions, can you send me the edited versions, please? <laughs> I will beat your behind. And I said, I wish you would. You ain't going to do anything. <laughs> and she left. And I was constantly thinking of how stupid I was to react like that. But I was already in the moment. Please, if you can give me advice on how to not allow people to get me out of my character. Okay, so this question is, I don't know why this question is so funny to me. But give yourself some grace. When you're... When you decide to seek God and grow in faith, 
you're not going to overnight just get rid of all of the bad habits and things you've been doing for, I don't know how old, how old you are, but let's say 20 plus years. I I first started cussing in the fourth grade. So ashamed to say that, but that's true. I heard a cuss word and I had this friend and I don't know why I remember this, but I had this friend in fourth grade who was like, say this word. And I was like, no, that's a bad word. And she was like, just say it, just say it, just say it. So I ended up saying, I think it was an F-bomb too. It was like the worst of the worst. So I said it and then just all my friends just was cussing. And so I just started to curse. So me being in fourth grade, starting to cuss, me being 20 something, I don't remember me being 20 something then and decided to follow God and change my, my bad ways. It took a little minute to be delivered from this mouth. And I'm still not all the way delivered um, from my mouth every now and then something might come out and I'll be like, Lord, forgive me, Lord, forgive me. I'm trying. So give yourself some grace. I'm not, but understand that grace is not an excuse. You need to be actively trying to be delivered from the things that don't look like God. So when I, so when you say that you're seeking God and you still are seeing things in your life that don't look like him. So you get into road rage situations and now y'all cussing each other out at Costco. Now it's not time to just be all beating yourself out about it. Now it's like when I go home in prayer, God, please deliver me from this spirit of of reacting in this manner, from reacting emotionally. Father, please remind me, even in high emotional situations or situations where somebody pisses me off, please put to the forefront of my mind that I am a child of God. Father, if I get into the opportunity, get into the um, situation where I'm about to cut somebody out, I ask, let me choke on my tongue, whatever, Lord God, so that I'm delivered from not reacting in that manner. Give me a sense of calmness and peace and self-control one of the fruit of the spirit is self-control. Lord, please give me that level of self-control in these situations that bring out the worst of me. Forgive me, Father. So always repent. Forgive me, Father, for allowing the situation to get the best of me. Please continue to burn off everything that doesn't look like you in my life. I did not and then start declaring things. The Bible says that you can decree a thing and it will be established. The Bible says that he is giving you the keys to the kingdom of heaven and whatsoever you bound on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. So start decreeing things, start binding and loosening some things in your life. This is how you get yourself to the point of transformation. Prayer is where things happen. Prayer and fasting is where things change. So don't just be like, do a one, read one scripture for the day and listen to this podcast and think that that alone is going to be what transforms your life because it's not. You got to seek God for yourself. You got to go to him and be on your face, constantly trying to change. My transformation happened with my relationship with God in my prayer closet me being on my face, something happening in my life and I'm bawling my eyes out like, God, I don't want to do this anymore. Please, please remove these strongholds from my life that has me acting in this manner. Uh, uh, Cleanse me, oh God. I'm in my, on my face, crying, asking and begging and pleading for God to make me look like him, praying and exercising my authority as a woman of God, as a believer, understanding that the power of life and death is in a tongue, understanding that I can decree a thing and it will be established, understanding that I can speak to a mountain and it, and it'll be moved. I have power. So not only am I on my face before God, 
asking for his forgiveness, asking for him to change me. I'm also exercising my authority and binding up anything in me that doesn't look like him and bringing my own flesh into captivity when it's out in, uh, out of alignment with God. So I don't know how active you are in your transformation process, but for anybody that's listening to this show, you got to really get real about building that relationship with God if you want to see yourself be transformed in those small things, in those in those times where you got road rage and you ready to flip the bird at whoever's driving, I get it. And I'm like a very chill driver. Um, I'm not the type of person, like my husband drives like this, where he be up on a wheel. So he trying to get around people. He trying to hurry up and do that. I don't drive with a sense of urgency. I give myself time to get wherever it is I got to go. So I'm not in no rush. I sit back. I got whatever plan on probably a podcast or I might be listening to some music depending on what mood I'm in. And I'm chilling. If I'm not trying to cut in front of nobody. I don't like to be driving in with a sense of um, uh, rushing or anything like that because I think that's where problems happen. That's where road rage happens. So I'm cool. So because I drive so cool like that, some people be getting mad at me because they might say I'm driving too slow and I get flipped the bird and stuff like that. I swear I had a white man call me the N-word one time and I just laughed. And thankfully, God has given me a, a temperament of being very laid back anyway. So I was born with a lot of self-control and that's just something that I really didn't have to pray for. it. I've been in some real tense situations and have handled them as if all hell was not breaking loose in what in that place at the time. It's I remember one time I went to school in Baltimore. I went to Morgan State University, um, and I was at a party, and somebody shot up the apartment. So the uh, everybody heard the gunshot. The uh, window like shattered. Everybody in the party running. So I'm from Akakeek, Maryland, okay? It's a little spot in PG County, close to Southern Maryland. It's deer everywhere, houses on large acres of land, um, not really any public transportation, super suburban, lots of, I was pretty mixed, a lot of black people, but a lot of white people too. Pretty like kind of country, honestly. So I didn't have to deal with this type of stuff. I went to school in Baltimore and was like, why are there sirens? Does it ever get quiet? How am I supposed to sleep in this? Like, I was totally culture shocked when I went there for college. But this, uh, the apartment got shot up. Everybody's like hauling out, running towards like the rooms, the bathrooms. Some people were running out the front door. And this girl got trampled over. And they like ran her over. And she banged her head on like it was like a counter she banged her head on the counter and basically fell to the ground and everybody is like trampling getting like some maybe stepping on her to get around this girl and I'm looking at this of course it's a high emotion situation because somebody just shut up this apartment like come on every man for themselves but I see this girl and I'm like where's her friends nobody's going to get her so I grab her and drag her into the bathroom. And so I'm like lifting her head up. She, she got this gash on her head bleeding. So I like lifted her head up in my lap. And I had like a towel or whatever from the bathroom. And put it on her head. So I we call, I had somebody call 911. 
made sure that she got on the, the ambulance. I wasn't going with her to the hospital. That was a little too far for me. But um, I was like, I don't know where her friends is at, but they don't need to be her friends no more. Maybe like a couple weeks later, she seen me on campus and was like, thank you so much for that at that party, yada, yada, yada. And I was like, you know, it's fine or whatever. But that's just to show like, I don't know. God has given me a gift that in high stress situations, I'm able to stay calm and level-headed. So it's a benefit in my personal life to where people really can't get me out of character. Like I had a situation yesterday where somebody really pissed me off and my blood, and I have a really good poker face. So you don't know when I'm pissed because my face will always be kind of like regular. So she pissed me off so bad. My blood started boiling. And I told my, and so once um, I, we were talking about something, so I handled the situation that we were talking about. It wasn't like an argument or anything like that, but the situation had pissed me off. So I just calmly, respectfully uh, finished the conversation we were having. She didn't even know I was mad. So as soon as she walked off, I told my husband, I said, I am boiling. He was like, what happened? And I told him, he was like, oh, nah. So I was like, man, I need to calm down. And I was just like, God, please allow me to calm down so that I can finish doing what I need to do. Because I don't want to, even in the midst of my emotions, I don't want to have a bad attitude. I don't want to be approaching people or be in any type of an environment with a bad attitude. So Lord, please just get my emotions together. And that was it. Like I sur- In that quick little moment, I surrendered it to God and I did what I had to do um, that day. But while this may come naturally to me, so to speak, stay in prayer, stay on your face, keep seeking God, keep fasting and just keep allowing him to transform you and give yourself grace to not be perfect. You're not going to make, do the right thing all the time. That's why we repent. That's why he forget, he forgives us. So don't be afraid to make mistakes, but commit to the transformation as well. Last question says, hey, sis, I just wrote a book last year and I have no idea where to begin promoting it and uh, where to begin with social media. Can you point me in the right direction? So, yeah, I don't know where who your book is for. So the first step is identifying who your target audience is for the book. After you define who your target audience is, now you need to figure out where where your target audience is. So that's for anybody who is struggling with marketing. You don't have, if your target audience is not on social media or Instagram or Facebook, you don't need to be on Instagram or Facebook. Only place you need to be marketing your business is where the people who are buying are, period. So there were businesses, I want y'all to understand businesses were successful before social media. Social media and technology allows us to have leverage now, but it doesn't mean we have to be on it just because it's there. We got to be strategic. I want us all to work smarter and not harder. So figure out who your target audience is first, then figure out where they are. So the who, the where. After that, you figure out how they consume information best. So if your target audience is, let's say, to make it easy, millennial black women, where are they? Yeah, they are on Instagram. So you, so Instagram will be an option. A lot of them listen to podcasts. Podcasting will be an option. A lot of them are on YouTube. YouTube will be an option. We on Facebook, but not like as consumers, kind of just with our friends and family and stuff like that. So now Facebook may not be the best use of time. 
We are on Twitter. We like to tweet and and consume the ratchetness that is on Twitter. So Twitter might be a good spot. So now that you have the wares, now you need to figure out how they best consume content to see what's going to be the best use of your time. This is where your research comes in. So start doing some marketing research about this demographic. I can tell you right now, video is the number one form of content for a reason. Video gets people attention. You creating graphics on uh, for social media is not even going to get you far. I remember I read an article recently um, where it's talking about how people, the next generation, so not millennials, but the generation after us, they don't like the whole curated feed thing. They don't like the whole perfectly orchestrated pages. They like kind of like Android type pictures, no shade to anybody who got an Android, but they like pictures who are a little bit more pixelated because to to them, that reads more authentic than the perfectly curated social feeds. So do some research as well. There are smart people who are paid to know a lot about the habits of consumers. So do some research about the habits of consumers. Don't just rely on your opinion because it's always going to be limited. Don't just talk to people, but go to the folks whose job is to know the behavior of consumers. But yeah, video is definitely number one. So video is something you should focus on. Also repurpose as much content as possible. So if you do a video, take the sound of it and turn it into a podcast. Podcast is a great platform because it allows you to pour into your audience uninterrupted. When you're scrolling on social media, you're scrolling. So you got no time really to catch somebody's attention. If you're listening to a podcast, you're listening to it at home, in the car, in the gym, somewhere to where you're physically doing something, but your attention is on this show. But then because your attention is on this show, it's not 5011 people advertising to you on the podcast. It's just the person whose podcast it is and maybe whatever ads they choose to uh, sell. So that allows you to really speak to somebody without the noise of competing for their attention. Um, but as far as the book is concerned, find creative ways. So if you are using social media, post a picture or something, and then do like a chap, do a, a not a chapter, but like an excerpt from your book in the caption. If do a video, let's say if chapter one is about, I don't know, getting out of your own way, Do a video about getting out of your own way and use examples from your book. Don't tell the book, but speak about it and then always refer back to what you talk about in the book, right? So your job is to bring the subject up, is to make the subject of whatever your book is relevant to the people and then position the book as a solution so they feel like they have to have it. A great way to do some research on this too is to see how other people do it. Like look at like T.D. Jake's, as he's selling his most recent book, he's doing this little um, church tour where he's doing interviews and things like that. Look at how he's speaking about the book and how he's positioning it in a way that makes people want to buy it. And take that to heart when it comes to your own marketing. So yeah, I hope that answers your question. Um, if you are interested in the podcast, I suggest you join us for our open house tonight. Um, but yeah, we're coming up on time. So that wraps up another episode of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast don't forget our open houses tonight at 8 p.m for the find your voice academy which is a part of the bbu network go to god is my ceo tour.com to claim your tickets sign up sign up for your payment plans whatever it is you need to do and i will talk to you guys next week